At that time, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We also will come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast your net over the right side of the boat, and you will find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net with the fish. When they climbed out on shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. This was now the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. I've been convicted more and more that we need to pray. We need to pray as a community. We need to pray individually. And without that prayer, we die. Certainly, we come here to Mass on Sunday. We come here to Mass on Sunday not to just get something out of it. Sometimes we can judge Mass about whether, well, what what did I learn from the homily, right? What What did I take away from it? And hopefully, hopefully you do have something to take away from it. But the most important thing that you take away from it is prayer. Is the fact that you've prayed and you've worshipped and praised God. But prayer can be difficult. It is especially difficult if Sunday for this one hour is the only time that you pray. Is the only time that you consistently set aside to focus on God. Coming for this one hour is going to be really difficult because... It's difficult to just jump in and do something without being formed in it, without continuing to practice it, right? But like anything that we do. I think we're extremely blessed in this parish to be formed in prayer in a special way, not only uh, by Mass, uh, which is the highest form of prayer, but also because we have a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, which many of you uh, have hours every single week, or help have subbed, or have had other times of Eucharistic adoration. 
I love the Eucharistic adoration because a lot of times, it's not like as if everybody who goes to Eucharistic adoration is a great prayer. Or they go into Eucharistic adoration and they know exactly what they're going to do and that they walk away from it every single time feeling as though they're, they're lifted up or that they've received some insight. Sometimes the greatest grace of going to that hour of Eucharistic adoration is the grace of choosing to go. Is the choice of being in the presence of God for an hour, even though you might not feel like you know what you're doing. Even though you might go and say, here I am, now what? Even though it might be silent, even though that it might be uncomfortable, even though that it might be uncomfortable. Still, that time of prayer is fruitful because we're consistently choosing to be in the presence of God and encounter Him in our faith. Within the Mass, we encounter the Eucharist in the Liturgy of the Eucharist, but we also encounter Jesus in His Word. And sometimes, I don't know about for yourself, but if I go to Mass and if I haven't read the readings before Mass, a lot of it just goes right over my head. I can't think of the context, I just hear the words, and it just goes right over my head, and I don't really take any of it in. And so how do we, how do we take more in? How do, we, how do we allow ourselves to pray in a better way? Well, certainly praying outside, but also I think focusing and praying on the Scriptures. We can read the Scriptures before Sunday Mass, and that's a really important thing. We can read Scripture outside of it, to be formed by Scripture in the way that God speaks to us through Scripture. Some of us, uh, I know at different times, you know, can have a, a desire to, to read Scripture. Okay, well, I realize that the Bible is important, so I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read it, you know, from Genesis to Revelation. I would say bad idea. Bad idea not because Scripture is bad, but because you're going to get really bogged down at different parts in the Old Testament. Not again because it, it, it's the inspired Word of God in the Old Testament is extremely important for us to understand where we are today. But sometimes it can be difficult to really kind of take in and just kind of uh, not, not be helpful unless we kind of have, have a little bit more understanding as a whole. And so I think if you're going to start out, the most important place to start out is with the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see the primacy, we're kind of fed the primacy um, of the Gospels in a Catholic Mass because all the other readings were sitting down. But for the gospel, what do we do? We stand up, right? There's a higher importance. Jesus comes and is present in a special way in the gospels because it specifically talks about his life, his words that he speaks, his actions. And it's written in such a simple way that we should be able to interact with it. We can, every single day has different readings for Mass, and you can go along and and be formed by Scripture by reading the gospel of the day, or... Another way to be formed for Sunday Mass is to read the same gospel that will be read on Sunday every single day of the week. And even though if you kind of surface read it, you'll be like, yeah, I know what's happening, da 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 But if you pray with it, you can never be done with Scripture. You can never read it and say, oh, now I know everything about it, now I'm good to go. You can always pray with it more. The gospel today is one of my favorite gospels. It just... It, the, the, the imagery, kind of just the interaction, I just love. It also makes me laugh, you know. Um, 
in just these different interactions. John's Gospel has a few different situations where I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Um, And so what I'd like to do is, for the end of the homily, uh, to just walk through the Gospel a little bit with you and, and just pray with the Gospel. And I'd like to just kind of guide you a little bit in kind of imagining, but also to kind of ask certain questions about it. God wants to speak to you today. He walked in this world 2,000 years ago, but he still continues to interact and desire to speak to you today. Certainly, we can sometimes talk with ourselves, but God, through the Holy Spirit, also wants to continue to talk to you. And so, we'll just take a moment uh, to do this. And I encourage you to just uh, use your imagination. Be open to the unexpected and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. And so I encourage you, invite you now to just close your eyes if you're able to and to just uh, imagine the Sea of Tiberias. We have lots of lakes around here, so it shouldn't be too difficult. We imagine the lake, it's a big lake. You can barely see the other shore. It's been a hot night. We're kind of on the shore, and Simon, Peter, and Thomas, and Nathaniel... Now the other disciples are sitting there and they've already seen the resurrected Lord two times. And they were told to go up to Galilee to wait. And so they're waiting. And we ourselves often wait for the coming of Jesus. Often wait for Him to act. Often wait for Him to respond. And we don't know what to do with that. So Simon Peter goes to what he knows. I'm going fishing. Right? Do we want to go fishing with him as well? Do we want to kind of in those unknown periods kind of go to the things that we know? How do we wait for God? The other disciples say, we will also come with you. Perhaps we would go with him as well. Go out into the boat and work all night throwing out the net, pulling it back in. Throwing it out again. Hauling it back in. And we catch nothing. Nothing. But then the sun starts to come up. And we open the new day. And there's a strange man on the side of the shore. We're not too far away. Only about a hundred yards. And he calls out, Children, have you caught anything to eat? Well, that's strange. Calling us Children. And of course we answer no because, well, we've been working but haven't caught anything. And then he recommends, cast the net over the right side. Well, haven't, haven't we already done that? <laughs> haven't we already tried that? Um, why the right side? How is that going to change anything? But yet in our poverty, having caught nothing, having nothing to show for our work, having been failures... We listen to the advice. We try it. We cast it over the right side. And something miraculous happens. The disciple whom Jesus loved, this is often John, this is often interpreted as as John who wrote the gospel, says to Peter, he recognizes that something something is out of the ordinary. Peter doesn't recognize it. The other disciples don't recognize it. But John recognizes it. 
He says, it is the Lord. Do we always recognize that it is the Lord? Are we sometimes like John, who, who recognize that something special has happened here? Or are we more like Peter, just worried about the fish, distracted? We need somebody else to point out to us that it is the Lord. But, even though that Simon Peter, perhaps ourselves at times, don't recognize that it is God who is speaking to us, who is guiding us, when we hear that it is, we respond, hopefully, with zeal. With such great zeal that Peter, even though that they're 100, only 100 yards away, even though that they'll be in very shortly, he, he throws tucks in his garments and jumps into the sea so that he might be there just a little bit sooner. The other disciples take care of the fish and, and bring it in. We see the charcoal fire. We can smell, smell the, the bread and the fish that's cooking. We can smell the fish, the slimy fish, as they've been hauled ashore. He says that the net is 153 large fish. It's kind of interesting, right? That a number of the fish were counted and And there's many different things that could be put in the gospel, but yet 153 large fish are put in. Well, one of the ideas is that in the ancient time, there was thought that there was 153 different nations. And so this haul of fish, in some ways, represents all the nations that would be hauled in. That the disciples, Peter, would become fishers of men and fish all the nations. Now Jesus watches out for us and says, come, have breakfast, right? He continues to kind of guide us. We don't dare to ask him, who are you? Even though that we didn't recognize him the first time. Who who really is this man? Who is Jesus? Who is this man who died and rose? Who is this man who commands heaven and earth? Who who are you? We might not dare to ask it out loud, but yet we ask it in our hearts. Now this is the third time that Jesus was revealed to his disciples. And yet the disciples still didn't know what they were doing, still didn't have a clear direction, and we ourselves at times can identify with that, right? Where is God calling us? As we are waiting for that direction from God, do we become impatient? Do we always see the Lord working in the ways in the ways that He wants to in our life? Do we listen to Him to cast our net over the right side? Do we continue to work? Do we run out to Him in zeal? The disciples lived 2,000 years ago. But Jesus calls us to be disciples as well, to put ourselves in those situations and to pray and to be with Him. We ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in our prayer and to see those things that Jesus desires to speak to us today.